and welcome to the premiere episode of Just Upstage of Downtown, the Music Mountain Theater podcast, direct from Lambertville, New Jersey. I'm your host, Patrick Lavery. For 10 years, I was one of the voices that brought you the news on New Jersey 101.5 FM, and I now bring that experience to telling the kinds of stories I want to tell. One of them and one of the big stories of my life is this building on State Route 179, just north of the center of the city of Lambertville, which last month opened its sixth season entertaining the communities of Hunterdon County here in New Jersey, Bucks County across the Delaware River in Pennsylvania, and anyone from anywhere who walks through the doors. And you're walking into a time warp and a piece of musical theater history when you come here. We are near the site where from 1949 to 1970, St. Terrell operated the Lambertville Music Circus, a seminal entry in the tradition of American summer stock. MMT still runs much like this today, producing an average of 15 main stage productions a year, with anywhere from two to four week runtimes and a three week rehearsal period for each. In the weeks and months ahead, I'll be talking with some of the names and faces best known to regulars and newcomers to MMT. We'll discuss how those seasons are planned, what it's like to work here, how the staff has navigated the COVID-19 pandemic, the signature theater school and young audience series, the state of representation in musical theater in several parts, and one infamous night in the spring of 2022 when everything that could go wrong during a community theater production in the age of COVID did, and the audience was none the wiser. But in the words of Maria von Trapp, let's start at the very beginning. And of course, to do that for this premiere episode and with her gracious green lighting of this whole project to begin with, I am honored to have as my first guest Music Mountain Theater co-founder and producing director Jenny Brennan, who's going to tell us how she got into this crazy business, how it literally is her family, and what MMT was before it became MMT in the fall of 2017. Jenny, welcome. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be the first one. Well, of course. Now, we should establish right away... That most everyone who comes here knows you, your son Jordan, and his husband Lewis, and the three of you have been working together now professionally and as a family unit for more than two decades. Where I want to start is with you specifically. Where did you grow up, and were theater and the arts a big part of your life from an early age? I grew up in East Rutherford, New Jersey, a small Italian neighborhood with uh, lots of aunts and uncles and cousins, so family was a big deal for me way back when. Um, we were very close to New York City. I could get on the number three bus and be in Manhattan in 15 minutes. So I did have the advantage of seeing theater. Uh, thankfully, my parents were full of culture, so I've got to see some things as a, as a young person. My uh, performance um, was more dance. I took a lot of modern dance, which I loved. Um, and I did a few musicals in high school. There's a very funny story, which you can ask me later on about my high school musical. Um, but it really started uh, with my son, Jordan. Uh, when he was eight years old, uh, he said, I want to do what Cousin Becky is doing and be on stage. Okay. So we uh, auditioned for Newtown Arts Company. He was in Babes in Toyland. And that was it. From then on, he just wanted to continue. Um, he became part of Make Believe Players. And for anyone listening that's been around for a long time, it was a children's group. Um, and it was delightful. We used to perform in Marilyn Gerald's backyard. Um, and then Jordan started taking classes uh, and performing uh, as part of a summer camp at the Bucks County Playhouse. So um, from there, because I am the kind of parent that says, what can I do? Where can I help? What do you need? Um, I began helping at the theater and eventually took over the children's theater program. 
and also became general manager at the Playhouse uh, for quite some time, which is where the rest of the family comes in. Um, Louis Polina, Jill Polina um, met performing there, um, and we became a family right then and there. So I also um, do a lot of work with the local high schools and middle schools, directing and helping. And I realized kids love to perform, and it's great. But they also needed some skills that they weren't getting in these little productions that they were doing at school. And I also wanted to form a community. I know when Jordan was in high school, it was a big sports high school that we went to over in Central Bucks. And I felt that there needed to be a place where kids in the performing arts field felt comfortable. So in 2001, I opened Downtown Performing Arts Center, which was in downtown Lambertville. And we started giving classes uh, for kids. Um, at that time, I was a job coach also uh, in Central Bucks, and I had a group of uh, special needs youth that I worked with, and they decided to come and take a class as well. So I still run that class today, and I still have two or three of them that started with me in 2001. It is just my heart, that class. Um, so it was going fine. Uh, it was mostly children's productions. Um, meanwhile, Jordan, who had gone to school for dance, graduated college, came back, and he and Lewis decided, let's do some things with adults. So we began doing very small productions um, with some adults and bringing in some teens. And around high schools, different churches, wherever we could find a place to perform. Which led us to <laughs> the infamous Washington Crossing Open Air Theater. Uh, we thought it was going to be a great idea. We'll perform all summer long. It'll be wonderful. And for the most part, it absolutely was. Um, we performed for seven seasons. And on a beautiful summer night, it was the best place to be. It wasn't always a beautiful summer night, as many of you know. Uh, it was terribly hot sometimes. Um, it would rain in the middle of a production. Sometimes you would just watch the sky behind you and pray that the rolling thunder would <laughs> give you enough time to get everyone off stage and into their cars. We ran it from May until October. So there were many nights of serving hot chocolate in October and people watching under their blankets. But what it did for us was give us exposure uh, to many, many people that I don't think uh, we had before. Um, traditionally, as Deepak, we had parents and children and aunts and uncles. Now we were uh, attracting a larger audience. and we thought, hey, let's move inside, which we thought would be easy. <laughs> uh, so we began looking for a spot. Um, the first place we tried was Flemington, New Jersey. Uh, apparently a study had been done and they felt to get, get people into downtown Flemington, they would need an anchor and that a theater would be a great anchor. And we thought so too. 
but the right place never came up. The right climate just wasn't there for us. So we continued to perform outdoors. Uh, we formed a nonprofit organization and we began a campaign to move indoors. Still not having a place, but the idea was there. And uh, our studio was uh, up actually not far from where we are now. And one day I happened to pass a small sign that said warehouse for rent. And there was a hole in the ground and a roofing company was on the property as well. So I approached Mr. Mike Strober and said, what are, you, what, what are your plans for that warehouse? He said, well, I'm going to use some of it for my company and then I'm going to rent it out. And I said, well, would you consider renting the whole place and helping us build a theater? And he said, yes. And I said, oh, dear, now what? <laughs> so we began uh, really starting to fundraise, trying to get some grants. And um, over the next year or so, we watched that hole in the ground uh, turn into what it is today. And without the generosity of Mike and his team and the countless volunteers that came and painted and built the stage and, and did everything to make it possible, I'm not sure it would be what it is today. I think you've hit on a lot of things that I wanted to talk about and address sure. with you. Um, but I, I want to go back to... You know, when Jordan really got, as we like to say, bitten by the bug. Okay. And you were talking a little bit about your life before show business. And I would call this show business. Okay. What was your career history before this theater, this company, this organization became the thing that you do? I, when I graduated um, high school, um, I thought, oh, I think I would like retail. Um, only because I worked in um, my aunt's amazing little neighborhood grocery store for many, many summers, and I folded T-shirts in different department stores. Uh, so I do have a associate degree in retailing. Um, I spent a very short time in the business. Uh, to paraphrase a boss, he said, mm, you are too much of a flower child to be in the retail business. <laughs> So I changed course and I went back to Ramapo College right here in New Jersey and got my degree in psychology, uh, which is how I wound up being a job coach working in that field, which I loved. Um, and the, honestly, like I told you before, the theater part of it literally came from being backstage and, and helping with Jordan from a young age. So the way that I have heard the story told by many, not necessarily you, but the way that I have heard it told is that when you came in over at the Playhouse, it was kind of a, let me help backstage, let me see what I can do. And over time, the family, and I mean the, the Brennan and Polina families, grew to operate most of or a lot of what was going on there. So mm -hmm. take me through that and how that experience equipped you for open air and, and now for here. Well, um, some of it was um, because we really had to do a lot of it on our own. Um, it was owned by someone 
um, but we were all running it. Um, I, I met uh, one of my, uh, two of my closest friends, uh, Linda and Stephen, were both choreographers and costumers there, and we're, we're still close friends to this day. Um, that's where Jordan met Lewis, and Jill was also performing there as a teenager. And again, we had to do a lot of it on our own. I remember running and getting props. I remember picking out children's theater costumes. I remember doing a lot of it on our own. So that sort of started the interest in, wouldn't it be great to do something like this with people that I know and love? And Never thinking it would ever happen, to be honest with you. <laughs> A large part of what you talked about, um, which anyone here can see, is is still uh, a priority to this day. Um, we'll do an entire episode later on about the children's theater arm of things here. Mm -hmm. I know it's it's a huge component of this theater's mission. But if you could, you started to talk about this a little bit. Talk about the importance to you of, of working with children and specifically, as you said, children with special needs. I guess, you know, watching Jordan grow up and see what it did to him and the kids around him, um, the joy that they got from being on stage and the uh, bond that there is when you're working with kids and they put on a show together and they take that, you know, final bow and they realize, wow, we really did this. Um, I, that's one big part of it. Uh, the other part of it, as I kind of touched on too, was having a place where kids with the same interest could feel comfortable um, and be able to uh, express their creativity without feeling like I, I can't be that person. I don't want anybody to know that I do this. And the special needs, as I said, grew out of me being a job coach. Um, the kids that I worked with in high school, the teacher used to put on a little show for them at the end of the year that they would do. And I remember literally watching and the tears flowing out of my face, which people who know me know it happens a lot. And I thought, wow, that's something I would really like to continue for them when they get out of, of high school. So that's how that class grew. I would say, and not to put you on the spot with a with a compliment, but what I have said to a lot of people who ask me about what goes on here is some form of, and as you said, Lewis and Jordan almost kind of spearheaded, let's do things for adults as well. But mm -hmm. I think if this theater never offered any opportunity to an adult performer, what you do for children is so vital and crucial in in this community that um that alone is should be i think your your reason for existence and uh, sustainability as as uh, as the years go on so well just to touch on that yeah um when i was at the playhouse there was a ornery stage manager who we all adored but he was ornery and he used to get so frustrated by children's theater and he used to say, oh, here she comes, the children's theater queen. And I, um, 
you know, I quickly reminded him, hey, Children's Theater brings in a lot of money over the summer, <laughs> which pays your salary, so you be quiet. Um, but I thought, you know what? I, anyone can be a queen. You're just born into it. That's just the way it is, right? <laughs> so I changed it to a Children's Theater goddess. So everyone <laughs> knew that was my uh, email for the longest time, CT goddess. <laughs> Before we get back to kind of the the transition from what was Deepak to this building, mm-hmm. which you talked about a little bit before, um, when you were researching sites, it just kind of seems serendipitous to me. You could have wound up in Flemington, right down the street from, from my place, uh, which might have brought me over here a couple of years <laughs> earlier. Um, but... What did you know, if anything, about the history of the Lambertville Music Circus? Once I realized that we were very, very close to where it began, I started researching a lot. Um, We have a lot of old brochures and programs and things that people brought us. Um, I talked to a few people in town that were here back then. Um, I spoke to a woman whose husband performed there. Um, And so I began realizing how wonderful it was to be in this area and what this meant to the community back then. We have people coming in now saying, I had my first date at the music (laughs) circus and I worked a little concession. So it just naturally became the name of the theater. There was no other way to to change it. So that's why we are Music Mountain Theater. All right, so let me try to then wrap this up a, a little bit. And like I said, you talked about this before. You and Jordan and Lewis have never been shy in these types of interviews to say that at some point running the shows outside, the goal was always to have uh, your own indoor theater. In fact, and we are also going to do another episode about COVID and your response to that, but in the summer of 2020, I know there were a lot of people who were asking, can't we go back to the park? Can't we? And and I think it was Lewis who said to me, the whole goal was to get inside and we Correct. don't want to go back. Correct. Um, but I, I asked him this last summer and, and I'll keep his response uh, private except to say that it was uh, poignant and profound. But we were doing crazy for you. And there is a scene at the end of that show uh, where Bobby, the character that he was playing, uh, his mother forecloses on a theater property and gives him the deed as a gift. And I think the line is, you always wanted to dance on stage, now you have a stage to dance on. Are there some days that the three of you walk into this building, even after, even now in your sixth year here, and say, I can't believe we actually did it. Oh, uh, that happens to us a lot. Um, I'll be standing on the stage giving a curtain speech and thinking, I remember being up in the sound booth. That's where I would give the curtain speech um, from the sound booth. And, you know, looking out and, and, as I said before, looking at the weather, checking to see if we were going to make the show what else was going to happen. Um, so the, the the idea of an indoor theater was crazy, really. Um, so 
when you sit back and look that not only do you have an indoor space, but you've been running it for six years, you made it through COVID and you're still here. Yes, it is one of those wow moments. I remember just anecdotally, and this will happen every once in a while. Usually it's during a rehearsal. Sometimes it's during a performance. We were in tech for Moon Over Buffalo last March. And it was a warmer night in March. And there was a huge rainstorm that came through uh, toward the end of the run uh, during Madison Kotnarowski's monologue. And you could hear the rain on the roof. And I knew what was going through her head, which was trying to focus on her lines. But anyone who had been around for any length of time, you could see the the weight come off of their shoulders and the sighs of relief mm-hmm. because they knew at least we're inside. Exactly. Yes, the sound of rain on the roof is exactly <laughs> where it should be on the roof. I like that it's I like that it is a warehouse space so it <laughs> it really emphasizes the sound of the rain. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Music Mountain Theater opened in October 2017 with the Maury Yeston and Arthur Copet penned Phantom and began its sixth season in January 2023 with the Tony Award-winning Fats Waller review Ain't Misbehavin'. In the episodes to come, I'll speak to the cast of Ain't Misbehavin' about their experience working on the show here, but also the broader issues of representation and visibility in theater. But I'll also be talking to Louis Polina and Jordan Brennan about how a season comes together. For what shows performance rights have eluded them, which shows they don't mind repeating every now and again, if there are any shows they'll never do again, and how each season serves its two intertwined communities, the performers and the audience. Once again, I'd like to thank our first ever guest, Jenny Brennan. We'll have Jenny back on some future episodes as well. I'm Patrick Lavery, and you've been listening to Just Upstage of Downtown, the Music Mountain Theater podcast. To be continued.